Chapter six of an essay on the principle of population. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Edwards. An essay on the principle of population by Thomas Malthus. Chapter six. New colonies reasons for their rapid increase north american colonies extraordinary instance of increase in the back settlements rapidity with which even old states recover the ravages of war pestilence famine or the convulsions of nature it has been universally remarked that all new colonies settled in healthy countries where there was plenty of room and food have constantly increased with astonishing rapidity in their population some of the colonies from ancient Greece, in no very long period, more than equalled their parent states in numbers and strength, and not to dwell on remote instances, the European settlements in the New World bear ample testimony to the truth of a remark, which, indeed, has never, that I know of, been doubted. A plenty of rich land, to be had for little or nothing, is so powerful a cause of population as to overcome all other obstacles. No settlements could well have been worse managed than those of Spain in Mexico, Peru, and Quito. The tyranny, superstition, and vices of the mother country were introduced in ample quantities among her children. Exorbitant taxes were exacted by the crown. The most arbitrary restrictions were imposed on their trade. And the governors were not behindhand in rapacity and extortion for themselves as well as their master. Yet, under all these difficulties the colonies made a quick progress in population the city of lima founded since the conquest is represented by Ulloa as containing fifty thousand inhabitants near fifty years ago quito which had been but a hamlet of indians is represented by the same author as in his time equally populous mexico is said to contain a hundred thousand inhabitants which notwithstanding the exaggerations of the spanish writers is supposed to be five times greater than what it contained at the time of montezuma in the portuguese colony of brazil governed with almost equal tyranny there were supposed to be thirty years since six hundred thousand inhabitants of european extraction the dutch and french colonies though under the government of exclusive companies of merchants which as dr adam smith says very justly is the worst of all possible governments still persisted in thriving under every disadvantage but the english north american colonies now the powerful people of the united states of america made by far the most rapid progress to the plenty of good land which they possessed in common with the spanish and portuguese settlements they added a greater degree of liberty and equality though not without some restrictions on their foreign commerce they were allowed a perfect liberty of managing their own internal affairs the political institutions that prevailed were favourable to the alienation and division of property lands that were not cultivated by the proprietor within a limited time were declared grantable to any other person in pennsylvania there was no right of primogeniture and in the province of new england the eldest had only a double share 
there were no tithes in any of the states, and scarcely any taxes, and on account of the extreme cheapness of good land, a capital could not be more advantageously employed than in agriculture, which at the same time that it supplies the greatest quantity of healthy work, affords much the most valuable produce to the society. The consequence of these favourable circumstances united was a rapidity of increase probably without parallel in history. Throughout all the northern colonies, the population was found to double itself in twenty-five years. The original number of persons who had settled in the four provinces of New England in 1643 was 21,200. I take these figures from Dr. Price's two volumes of observations, not having Dr. Stiles' pamphlet, from which he quotes, by me. Afterwards, it is supposed that more left them than went to them. In the year 1760, they were increased to half a million. They had, therefore, all along doubled their own number in twenty-five years. In New Jersey, the period of doubling appeared to be twenty-two years, and in Rhode Island, still less. In the back settlements, where the inhabitants applied themselves solely to agriculture, and luxury was not known, they were found to double their own number in fifteen years, a most extraordinary instance of increase. Along the sea-coast, which would naturally be first inhabited, the period of doubling was about thirty-five years, and in some of the maritime towns the population was absolutely at a stand. In instances of this kind, the powers of the earth appear to be fully equal to answer it the demands for food that can be made upon it by man. But we should be led into an error if we were thence to suppose that population and food ever really increase in the same ratio. The one is still a geometrical, and the other an arithmetical ratio, that is, one increases by multiplication, and the other by addition. Where there are few people, and a great quantity of fertile land, the power of the earth to afford a yearly increase of food may be compared to a great reservoir of water, supplied by a moderate stream. The faster population increases, the more help will be got to draw off the water, and consequently an increasing quantity will be taken every year but the sooner, undoubtedly, will the reservoir be exhausted, and the streams only remain. When acre has been added to acre, till all the fertile land is occupied, the yearly increase of food will depend upon the amelioration of the land already in possession, and even this moderate stream will be gradually diminishing, but population, could it be supplied with food, would go on with unexhausted vigour, and the increase of one period would furnish the power of a greater increase in the next, and this without any limit. These facts seem to show that population increases exactly in the proportion that the two great checks to it, misery and vice, are removed, and that there is not a truer criterion of the happiness and innocence of a people than the rapidity of their increase. The unwholesomeness of towns, to which some persons are necessarily driven from the nature of their trades, must be considered as a species of misery, and every the slightest check to marriage, from a prospect of the difficulty of maintaining a family, may be fairly classed under the same head. In short, it is difficult to conceive any check to population which does not come under the description of some species of misery or vice. The population of the thirteen American states before the war was reckoned at about three millions. Nobody imagines that Great Britain is less populous at present for the emigration of the small parent stock that produced these numbers. On the contrary, a certain degree of emigration is known to be favourable to the population of the mother country, 
it has been particularly remarked that the two spanish provinces from which the greatest number of people emigrated to america became in consequence more populous whatever was the original number of british emigrants that increased so fast in north american colonies let us ask why does not an equal number produce an equal increase in the same time in great britain the great and obvious cause to be assigned is the want of room and food or in other words misery and that this is a much more powerful cause even than vice appears sufficiently evident from the rapidity with which even old states recover the desolations of war pestilence or the accidents of nature they are then for a short time placed a little in the situation of new states and the effect is always answerable to what might be expected if the industry of the inhabitants be not destroyed by fear or tyranny subsistence will soon increase beyond the wants of the reduced numbers and the invariable consequence will be that population which before perhaps was nearly stationary will begin immediately to increase the fertile province of flanders which has been so often the seat of the most destructive wars after a respite of a few years has appeared always as fruitful and as populous as ever even the palatinate lifted up its head again after the execrable ravages of louis the fourteenth the effects of the dreadful plague in london in sixteen sixty six were not perceptible fifteen or twenty years afterwards the traces of the most destructive famines in china and indostan are by all accounts very soon obliterated it may even be doubted whether turkey and egypt are upon an average much less populous for the plagues that periodically lay them waste if the number of people which they contain be less now than formerly it is probably rather to be attributed to the tyranny and oppression of the government under which they groan and the consequent discouragements to agriculture than to the loss which they sustain by the plague the most tremendous convulsions of nature such as volcanic eruptions and earthquakes if they do not happen so frequently as to drive away the inhabitants or to destroy their spirit of industry have but a trifling effect on the average population of any state naples and the country under vesuvius are still very populous notwithstanding the repeated eruptions of that mountain and lisbon and lima are now probably nearly in the same state with regard to population as they were before the last earthquakes end of chapter six recording by geoffrey edwards